Welcome, welcome into the 75th, the Diamond Anniversary, the 75th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Wanted to thank everyone for making it in today. We got the usual suspects on, Jace, Max, and super producer Nick C. We're also going to be promoting our Jalen Hurts signed jersey giveaway. We'll mention that right at the start of the episode and how you can enter. Stick around. And remember, three games of the NFL season are left. That means it's time to get your dynasty team right. We're here to provide some answers. We got a great show for you today. Reports from around the realm. We have a small playoff breakdown of the last week's games, and then we are doing a redraft of the 2022 NFL rookie class. Give you an idea of where we are on our values on this past season's rookies while we're getting to look forward to next year's rookies. I want to thank you again and thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog, for whom this podcast is not possible. Underdog Fantasy, use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in bonus cash, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 75, the Diamond Anniversary. 75 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is Thursday, January 26th. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We got all the guys back. Jace holding it down in the desert. Max and super producer up in the land, a.k.a. the mistake on the lake. I'm holding it down in the city of brotherly love. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Oh, we're going, Peter. You know, we had a good pre-show here. Got me in the good mood. <laughs> in your smiling face and can't wait to talk fantasy. You know what? I can't wait to talk about. And I'm excited to hear your take on it. Being a Dallas Cowboys homer. I was there for the demise of the Dallas Cowboys. I, you know, I was standing alert in a tent. It was it was so awesome. I love watching Jerry Jones get so angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited to, for what we got planned for the people right now. This is actually like one of my favorite episodes that we do. It's always a good uh, perspective on how much things have changed um, over the past year or so. So I, I'm excited. And uh, Peter, I will let you jump in and introduce the topics that we're talking about today. Yeah, so we're going to be going over uh, some reports from the realm, just a couple of them. And then we're going to be doing a playoff breakdown. We're going to talk about the four games that we watched this weekend. And then we are going to be reintroducing uh, a favorite segment. We're going to redraft the 2022 rookie class. We redrafted the 2021 one last season. So we're going to be redrafting the 2022 class. I feel like at the top end, it's going to be pretty similar, but on that back end, it's going to be pretty difficult mm -hmm. to figure out uh, who should have been there, who shouldn't have. And that, if anything, can be a uh, a lesson for all of you out there that those back-end first-round picks literally are lottery balls. Max, I just want to know what it was like to watch your Cowboys just completely fall apart. Hey, man. I mean, they won. 12 for points? 12 points? Yeah, I mean. Dak with two picks? You were a big Dak guy. I still am. I really still am. I think that Dak has a great year next season. I mean, Jason, Jay said in the chat this year, uh, not this year, today, but they need another weapon. They really do. Zeke's old. He's washed. Pollard got hurt. There's really no explosive like player right there at the running back position. And Gallup isn't it. Gallup's not it. 
Um, Noah Brown's not it. Sure, Dalton Schultz can catch some touchdowns, but even he's like, no, he's not a world beater or anything. CD's great. I mean, he's electric. Um, and when you're going up against that 49ers defense, you're going to need more than CD Lamb. So they didn't have it, and it is what it is. No doubt. Uh, yeah, I think they're also very willing to go get another guy. I mean, they gave the gave T.Y. Hilton a little kick on the tires, and, you know, they were reaching out to Odell. That might have been a possibility. Like, they knew that that was an issue. And we've seen this offense air it out in years past like Dak throwing the ball like 50 times a game like a few seasons ago so that's something that they're very willing to do um, I think they get another piece hopefully in this draft because you know some of these you know wide receiver weapons coming out of this 2023 rookie class seem more like other than about the top three there's some guys that maybe have some upside but a lot look like twos more than ones and we've seen Dak supply two guys before, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they go about getting another weapon in that offense because they know they need one. All right, we're going to get into the episode. Before we do so, I have two things on the docket today to talk about. First and foremost is our Jalen Hurts signed jersey giveaway. I'm currently sitting in the city of brotherly love. We're excited to host the NFC Championship game this weekend. And Jalen Hurts is going to be out there. We are giving away a signed, authenticated Jalen Hurts jersey from our friends at Pristine Auction. And again, it's a giveaway. It's free. All you have to do is go onto our Twitter, follow us, and then retweet our pinned tweet. There are other ways to get extra entries. Max, do you want to talk about them? Yeah, there's a couple different ways. You could listen to the last episode. Um, get an extra entry there, maybe. If you listen to that one, you can leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Pod, um, show us that review, and we'll give you some extra entries as well. Hopefully, it's a five-star review, but I mean, if it's not, we love constructive criticism. And then the last way is to join our underdog. Um, underdog, Peter, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so Underdog Fantasy is a presenting sponsor of this podcast, and they're a great friend. Uh, we've had many conversations with the people over there at Underdog. So we wanted to say thank you again for presenting it to us. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a season-long best ball team in just seconds. I know a lot of those early, early teams are already starting. Um, Jace, best ball has been crazy. Give me the rundown on what best ball is if you're a new listener to the podcast. Yeah, best ball is uh, kind of a relatively new thing, but essentially it's it's stress-free fantasy football, really. it's You do a draft. You draft your team, and then from that point on, the roster, it's, it's set in stone because it's going to get optimized every week to be your highest scoring lineup. Um, there's no trades. There's no waivers. Um, you don't have to deal with injuries and tough decisions. Everything is made for you. Your lineup is optimized, and it's it's like kind of a merge of daily fantasy almost and season-long fantasy and like the lottery like i don't know it's a lot of it's a it's a mixture of a lot of things and it's just really really fun something new in the fantasy space that's come out over the past few years and something that more and more people are enjoying every day so definitely give our link a shot and go give it a try today for sure my favorite part about best ball is again the little league management aspects i drafted my team i'll check in a couple weeks a year and i'll see how it's doing at the end again the stress-free fantasy football once that draft's done there is zero league management aspects you can use our 
discount code, not our discount code, our promo code, Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free $100 deposit match and bonus cash. Outside of best ball, they have things like pick'ems, over-under games, et cetera. Depending on your state and local legislature, use our code Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Let's get in the show. All right. First up, we want to go through reports. We have a couple of them here, only three. First and foremost, Bill O'Brien leaves Alabama to the delight of Alabama fans, the Crimson Tide fans, and also to the delight of New England Patriots fans. He's going to be the offensive coordinator there, somebody who has his head screwed on straight. Mac Jones, his first season with a seasoned veteran offensive coordinator, looked good. I will say good. I won't say great. I won't say fantastic. I won't say, you know, X, Y, Z. He looked good. What is your outlook on Mac Jones? Because there's really no other pieces there that are fantasy relevant besides Jacoby Myers or Ramondre. I want to know what Mac Jones will do to elevate the players around him with Bill O'Brien. I like Mac Jones. I think he gets a bad rep. I think that they, like you mentioned, there's not many weapons. I think they add someone this year, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, whether it's through the draft, um, New England, they've never really had that superstar wide receiver i mean yes they had except for randy moss the one year they had randy moss they had i mean but brady made edelman brady made amandola they had gronk like it's not like these guys are they never had a dk metcalf they never had a giant athletic freak you know what i'm saying so i think they get a weapon i don't know who it is but i think that bill o'brien will help him develop quicker than what he's been on yeah i think um I'm looking forward to whoever the New England Patriots kind of get in that offense as a wide receiver. I hope it's someone in the draft because I think a lot of people are going to get they're going to get caught up in the helmet scouting over the past few years. And the Patriots, they just can't draft a wide receiver. Bill Belichick can't draft a wide receiver. Like I I do think there are some talented guys that could come out of this draft. I mean, if the Jackson Smith, the Jigba landed in New England, I think Mac Jones can provide for a guy. I think he can provide. Um, both a high floor and a high ceiling moving forward for one of these young studs. And I think could really kind of um, skyrocket their, their draft, uh, their trade value, excuse me, over the the next few seasons after they get drafted there. Um, I think Mac Jones can support someone, but I'm not convinced that he can be a solid fantasy option. I think his weapons will have to kind of propel him to good fantasy finishes, just kind of like Tua with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle where he gets bailed out by a lot of, you know, catch it on their 20, 30 yard line and house it from there. Like Tua gets all those fantasy points, but he didn't necessarily make an incredible throw to earn it. So that's kind of how I see Mac Jones. Now, a lot of people out there say that there's a very thin line between idiot and evil genius, right? So that there's not necessarily the largest distinction between the two parties. When I look at Bill O'Brien, I look at what he did in Houston and you can say evil genius on the one hand creating that great offense and that great offensive scheme that brought a poverty franchise in the Texans to playoffs and playoffs and playoffs, obviously not a Super Bowl winner, a conference championship appearance, but pretty good given the franchise's history. Right. And then on the other hand, you could just say dumb idiot. He didn't do anything with Deshaun Watson. Right. And then we could say the same exact thing at Alabama at Alabama this past season, either he's the dumb idiot that wasn't able to bring this hyper talented Alabama team to the end. Or he was an evil genius and Alabama had a rough recruiting year. Two seconds on if you think that 
Bill O'Brien can really elevate the lack of talent because it seems like he's always had talent wherever he's gone. I don't think he has a track record for it personally, but this is also the Jets bias in me. Like personally, I think this is going to be Bill Belichick's team. I almost said this is Bill's team. Uh, They're both Bills, but Bill Belichick is uh, it's his team. It's his system. I think what he's had in place for I feel like he's had a system in place since he's begun there. And I think, um, you know, someone can only help elevate that here and there with new thoughts. So I think his impact, I feel like it's going to be relatively um, minimal. All right, let's keep moving forward. Uh, I want to just talk about this one for two seconds. I was listening to the herd this morning, actually, technically this afternoon. Um, and Colin was talking about Sean Payton and how he in the future is most likely not going to take a head coaching job this year, but beyond this, he won't take a head coaching job unless a quarterback is on a rookie deal. He won't take a a big, big overtaking unless he has roster construction freedom. I think that's really going to limit him moving forward in the future. This is literally just a two second talking point. What do you guys think about that comment that came out this past week and the way that NFL teams are probably going to have to start building? I mean, you can see it. I think Micah Parsons tweeted it or something today that in the playoffs, only three of the last four quarterbacks are on rookie deals. Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Burrow. I mean, these guys are all not getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars like Patrick Mahomes is. So I think it's the way to go. You're really quick. The Mahomes deal, that doesn't count because the Mahomes deal, that really doesn't come into effect the cap wise until next season. Well then they built it the right way. But still, I think that is the way to build. It's the same thing with like running backs. I think it's like the last 10 teams to win the Super Bowl don't pay a running back over X amount of dollars. Like you just don't pay running backs. At the same time, if you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal that's balling out, you could build that elsewhere. So I don't know. I do think Sean Payton will coach though. I I don't think he's sitting out for two seasons or whatever he's saying. Yeah. I, I think the fact that he's interviewing says a lot. Like if he wasn't interested, he wouldn't be interviewing. He's itching to get back. Um, he's definitely young enough to get, to do so. And we've seen him leave and come back before. So, um, but yeah, in regard to that comment, I mean, I think that has definitely been a trend over the past few years is like NFL teams are almost running their teams. Like we run our dynasty teams and like one quarterback leagues. I mean, I would say more kind of a blend of super flex and one quarterback. Cause of course they're going to pay a bag to a quarterback, but um, yeah, I think, you know, we're seeing young wide receivers being prioritized um, in the drafts and running backs definitely fading out because they're understanding the attrition of those respective positions and what it means to a team to have a Devonte Adams at 22 years old or to have a Jamar chase right now. Um, you know, who's younger than every single one of us on this podcast. And we're all, all in our mid to young twenties, you know, like it's, that's the priority is getting young studs that are coming out of college programs that are pro ready. Um, and I think the NFL is also becoming less NFL and more college with the, the way these, these schemes are set up. So it, it's pretty fascinating to see how it all unfolds. And I think everyone's trying to pay money now on these guys because they're going to be way more expensive in two, three, four, five years if they tried to pay them then. I mean, I think they're just trying to get ahead of themselves and inflation and things of that nature. All right, let's keep moving forward. This one is near and dear to my heart. I don't know what I would do if this came true, but the Aaron Rodgers rumors starting to circle. If you couldn't tell, I have a grin ear to ear on right now. 
it looks like the most likely landing point for him is the New York Jets. There's a medley of factors leading to this and leading to why all the NFL reporters are talking about the Jets as the likely spot. I'll, I'll hold myself out of it. But Max, I want you to apologize about Elijah Moore, first and foremost. And then Jace, I want you to talk about Garrett Wilson and how great this would be and how great this marriage would be. So Max, uh, your apology. I will not apologize. I mean, there's been no trade. <laughs> I think Elijah Moore is a very overhyped asset. I really do. He had a good stretch of four games. A blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. If he got Rodgers, yes, he'd, he'd probably be relevant. Rodgers makes a lot of people relevant. But it's still a big if game, Peter. I know you're a big if fan. I heard, is it true that the Jets would pay two first and more for him, Peter? Um, that was a report on a quote that is taken out of context. So uh, the owner, Woody Johnson, basically said, I'm ready to pay for a quarterback, right? Basically, that that's around and about what he said. You know, he said he's basically not holding his financial like hands or his draft pick hands. He's not going to stop the GM from trading from a for a quarterback. And then everybody just assumed that they're going to pay the asking price. I don't think they'll pay two firsts. I don't think that the Packers will get two firsts from, from any team. I think they'd rather have him on the team than get two firsts. So I don't know. I, if they can do like the 13th overall pick and like their second rounder for this season, I think they'd do it. Personally, I just kind of I feel like Rodgers is going to end up in Green Bay again. I just I don't I know why. I, I really just feel like he's every off season. It's like it's something he loves the drama. We all know he does. He acts like he doesn't. He's smarter than all of it. But no, he, he loves he, the drama. he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, I think he stays. Honestly, that's just kind of like my gut feeling around it. Just I, I feel like he wants to to be a legend. He wants to go out in Green Bay in those colors and the in the same colors he's been in his whole career. But um, Garrett Wilson wise, in his games without Zach Wilson, averaged more fantasy points per game than C.D. Lamb. Which, for a rookie, I mean, I get you know maybe that's nitpicky um, going on the season, but I mean, that's pretty incredible considering he was dealing with Mike White and Joe Flacco. The fact go Tokyo man, he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. I mean, we we're in a dynasty startup right now um, with some pretty advanced people. Garrett Wilson in a super flex league went pretty high and was definitely something I think we were all trying to prioritize. I mean, he's a he's a foundational piece, and the fact that he can put up elite elite numbers better than CD Lamb numbers um, with Mike White and Joe Flacco. I mean, if this dude did land a Rodgers or even a Lamar Jackson, who's not the best passer in the world, just someone that can get him the ball on a consistent basis. I mean, this dude could be a top seven wide receiver in redraft as soon as next year. Max, any comment on Garrett Wilson? No, I, I, I think Garrett Wilson is extremely talented. I mean, he really is. And if he could get a Rodgers, I mean, he's a top 10. Bro, I put him in the top five, my dynasty wide receivers. Five. I, I mean, would. he'd be very much in contention. I don't care how long Rodgers is staying there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's Chase and Jefferson, but then like after that, is there a consensus like, oh, you're number three? Like we're looking at Diggs, Devontae, like these guys, and they're older. Sure, you got I guess AJ Brown, I guess CD, CD, AJ Brown, and then Garrett Wilson. Like that would probably, I mean, those last three could be reversed in any order, in my opinion. At that point, yeah, like I okay. think Jet and Chase are in a tier, and then there's another tier of those three guys if he gets 
anyone close to Roger, closer to Rogers than Mike White and Joe Flacco. Even Derek Carr, would you say? Oh my God. I mean, we Devontae we, just had a top five season. We saw Darren Waller be like that's a top Devontae. 24 overall player. Like that's Darren Waller, who's like in a lot of people's minds, dust right now. That's a you know, 28-year-old breakout tight end. This is Garrett Wilson, who's 22 years old. I mean, his dynasty stock would just shoot through the roof. So I, I would Jimmy pay a G. premium. J- Jimmy G, for sure, man. This dude was dealing with Mike White and Joe Flacco. Brock Purdy, send him over. I mean, literally just anyone that can get him the ball on a consistent basis. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our reports from around the realm section. Let's get into a playoff breakdown. First game up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe the Jaguars were dogs by more than seven. Is that true? I think they were like eight-point dogs, something like that. Eight Uh, and a half, yeah. Eight and a half. Uh, Game finished 27-20. Patrick Mahomes, that's the big key talking point of what happened Patrick Mahomes uh high ankle sprain not seen with a walking boot today though gentlemen outlook for next game against the um Bengals for the Chiefs we'll talk Chiefs side I think he'll be good to go I think that a lot of people are on the Bengals they know that Joe Burrow's beating Mahomes year after year he does it but I really think the Chiefs do it it's in Kansas City, I think that Mahomes' injury is this narrative, but I think he's fine. He's good to go. I hope the Chiefs can pull it off. I'm all in on the Chiefs. It just feels too easy for Joe Burrow and those Bengals up against that Kansas City defense on Mahomes' bad ankle to walk in there and beat them. I, I, My gut is screaming. Chiefs money line plus 115. Hopefully it's even better at this They're point. They're dogs right now. I um, mean, give me that all day long. Look, we know we know for a fact that the Chiefs, they're going to have great fantasy players, great fantasy talent, X, Y, Z. Let's flip it to the other side, the losing side. The Jaguars didn't end up on top in this game, but let's talk about Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, and Travis Etienne, the seasons that they were able to put together and the outlook for them next year. Trevor Lawrence in a like a super flex um, league, I think he's a top five asset, honestly, in my opinion. I mm-hmm. mean, just what he was able to do this year with, he adds a little bit of rushing upside. Him or Hurts? That depends. I think if you're ready to go now, give me a Hurts. But if you're more of a rebuilder, I'll take Lawrence. He just feels a little safer. I agree. With you. I agree. Um, but I think that Kirk, he had a really good year. A very quiet year. We've talked about him on the podcast. Ridley coming back there will demand some targets. But Kirk will still be relevant. What I think we had a bet on the speeder, top 16 or something. I don't think he'll finish that. Or you might have even given me top 12 here or something. No, I didn't give you top 12. I don't think crazy. I think I I said 16. But I think Kirk will still be relevant. I think he's a wide receiver too, like next year. I mean, around that 20, 24 range. Maybe he can get in that 16 range with a couple touchdowns, Pete. I would say briefly, like, I think that offense sorely misses someone like Calvin Ridley stepping in next week. Someone downfield that can really threaten the different levels of the secondary and I definitely think Lawrence is going to be one of those guys that can have two uh, valuable wide receivers, especially in full PPR in his offense. The fact that he made Zay Jones relevant, I think, speaks volumes. All right, let's keep moving forward. The next game, the New York 
Giants get trounced, trounced by the Philadelphia Eagles. Frauds. Much to Max's chagrin. Uh, I want to talk about one player in particular. Look, we've talked about A.J. Brown. We've talked about Daniel Jones being a value to Saquon, XYZ. Somebody that we really haven't talked a lot about that I actually think is going to be a sneaky, maybe top 12 player next year. Devonta Smith really had a great season this year, right? I want to pull up his numbers in half point PPR. So actually, no, this is full point. I'm pulling up his full point numbers. The last eight games of the season, we're going to count week 18 here. He went for 14, 14, 9, 21, 17, 17, 31, 20, 14. He finished the year in standard as the wide receiver 10 and in PPR as the wide receiver 9. The the sneaky, quiet, great season from Devonta Smith, two top five, two top 10 options for the Philadelphia Eagles at receiver. Max, what's your outlook on Smith going into next season? I think he I don't think he finishes this high next year. I, I really don't. I think that he's a very talented player. I mean, he won the Heisman. We, I think people forget that he won the Heisman. AJB draws a lot of eyes as well. So I think if Hertz can, you know, pick up the passing game because he's just not the best passer. Um, I think Devonta Smith can take that next step, but I think if not, I think it's the same thing. I don't think Devonta's as open over the middle as much as he was this year. And I think teams will key on him a little more as well. So I don't know. I, I really, I view him kind of like around Kirk's range next year. Keep drinking that hater aid. JB. <laughs> he didn't throw for 4,000 yards. I I think well that is the case, but I mean I think we were worried about this dude. He didn't I mean, throw for four thousand yards, and he had two top ten receiving options. I, How does that happen? Even me, I who on this podcast said AJ Brown would be a Hall of Famer. Excuse me. No, I mean I, I've always been the biggest AJ Brown stand, and I was worried that Jalen Hurts was going to be able to support what we wanted him to be. I thought it could end up being like what we saw in Tennessee, like flashes in the pan but never consistent but aj brown i mean pretty rock solid all season true difference maker someone that'll definitely be drafted in probably the back end of the first second round in redraft leagues next season i mean i I don't know probably leaning more in the first round but we got him putting up 145 targets 88 receptions 1496 yards almost 1500 yards and 11 touchdowns and then so we're worried about one guy. No, he produced for two guys, Devonta Smith, 136 targets, 95 receptions, more than AJ Brown, uh, 1196 yards, almost 1200 yards and seven tutties. Like, I mean, it's crazy. This offense really just was not at all what we expected it to be. I think we were looking more like a Baltimore Ravens situation with Jalen Hurts running a lot. Miles Sanders getting a lot of run. And no, it's been wheels up all season, airing it out. So I think Devonta Smith, I do think his upside um, is capped by A.J. Brown on a season-long basis. But on a week-to-week basis, if you can get him as a third wide receiver somehow, uh, and you might have acquired him as that this past offseason, I I think that's as good as it gets. I think he's a pretty rock-solid wide receiver, too, with a lot of week-to-week upside. and because of the nature of having A.J. Brown on the offense, he does have some downside. I will say this. I think that the Eagles are a great team this year. I do. I mean, they have, they have the pieces. They Whoa. have a great defense. 
I'm not going to say Jalen's great, but AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. How I mean, is he not great? He's he's, he's great. Max, Max, super producer. As somebody preseason who said to me and to my face that he wasn't that great, you've kind of repented. You've done your mea culpa. <laughs> Can you tell Max that he's he's crazy? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely come around on it, and like, I don't know. I think a big part of Devonta and I typed it in the chat, just kind of trolling a little bit, but like in week 16 and 17, Gardner Minshew actually lit it up. And like, that was two of uh, Devonta Smith's biggest weeks. And without those weeks, I mean, who knows? He, he could have got similar points with Hertz, but he, he might not finish as no, high. But, hurts. Right. No. And I mean, I guess that's kind of where I was going with it. Cause like my biggest thing was like, Oh, he's not going to be able to support, two top 25 guys and there's two i mean what did smith finish as nine nine and ten ppr yeah, so, and standard so it's like he did it with a little caveat at the end of the season but still i mean the whole season you could probably rely on smith as a reliable wide receiver too yeah i mean i don't even- know man Half PPR, I mean, I'll list his points starting in week two because first week one, 96% of the snaps, only four targets. But from that point on, 11.5 half PPR points, 26.9 in week three, 3. 3.2, 13.7, 12.9, 4.8, 3.2, 10.9, 10.8. There's a little boom bust going on right there. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think honestly, the way I look at Jalen Hurts is Jimmy G if he was really fast and much more athletic, like I think he's a better he can, passer than Jimmy G. I, you know, I, I maybe Jimmy I'm wrong G. Does, Jimmy G. Doesn't hit the long balls. That is true, and that is that is true. So I, I just see him kind of in that realm where he can run an offense, and I think the offense that Sirianni has going right now is highlighting the team's strengths constantly, which is of course the guy that they just traded a first round pick for and another guy that they drafted in the first round. So I, I think they're really working with the team's strengths. They do a good job mixing and run heavy schemes when they need to mix it up. Um, but for anyone that thinks Devonts is the number one over AJ Brown right here, you heard it. This is the AJ Brown week. He's going crazy this week. The The defense is going to start keen on Devonta. Like Max said, AJ Brown's going to show him why, uh, why he's worth, worth a first round pick. I, I do want to finish my, my my comment before Peter rudely cut me off about his Jalen oh, yeah. Hurts. Um, I think the Eagles are a good team. I think they have a chance to win this week. Of course, they're at home. But I think that next year is going to be a rude awakening for them. The line gets older. They play a first-place schedule. They, they do. Played, they played the a top three easiest schedule in the league. They played bums this year. They really did. They played bums. I will I will 100% they, admit that. But they took they took care of bums. They're yeah. not like they're not like the Vikings. They ran up the score on them consistently. And I think Sirianni's a, a good coach. He's a great coach. But I think with that line, I mean Lane Johnson, I don't even know who else is on the line. They're getting Kelsey, Samalu, Mylata, they're, they're getting Dickerson. Older. They they're getting older. I mean just No, it's true team. and they're still the best unit in all of football. Sure, but next year when you play a first place schedule, and oh they- no, I I can concede that. Listen, they the people have heard enough Eagles ch- like ranting right now. Let me let me just finish with this. I will concede they will play a much 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 harder schedule next year. One, number two, the line will get older, one hundred percent. So I don't con- te- technically see them winning like 
14 or 15 games next year. I think they'll sit in that 12, 11, 12, or 13 range. I think they'll still make the playoffs. I really do. And then once you make the dance, all that matters is winning every game, just like your opponent right next to you. So I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know how well Jalen's going to play next year, depending, given that harder schedule, but a lot of those teams that are really good in those divisions and then they like finished in first place. They really didn't have great defenses, to be honest. They had great offenses, so it really won't matter much for Jalen. All right, let's move to the next game. Bengals were at the Buffalo Bills in the pouring snow and absolutely took it to them. It was never a contest. Uh, I think the biggest headline from this game was that Stephon Diggs was very upset. I know me as a Stephon Diggs owner personally, I think there's a lot more safer options out there. I don't like when my prima donna wide receiver starts yelling at a quarterback. That's usually not a great sign. Um, and it's not a great sign for their relationship. So I'm probably going to try to move off of him for an equivalent value player this offseason. But I wanted to hear your guys' take. Yeah, I mean, I think that Diggs is very passionate. I respect his passion for the game. It's a playoff game. He's come up short now three years in a row. I understand it. I really, truly do. But I wouldn't yell at my star quarterback as well. Moving off Diggs, I think it's a smart move. It depends on the value you can get. I don't know what a fair value player would be. What do you guys think Diggs is like? equal fair value would be i'm on ross st brown might be able to get that to go through for the right team someone i would approach as a straight up deal i feel like um, oh, man, by so far like by miles it depends it depends i find the right person that's really bought in on jmo and thinks juicy's gonna take a step back and they're looking to compete i would that's something i would explore someone you know on the border of elite like a guy that's you know, if you could get somewhere around the T Higgins range or, um, shoot, I mean, Drake I love, London, maybe Drake London. Yeah. I mean, I've in a league, I've tried to shop him around and people aren't necessarily willing to pay a huge premium on uh Drake London because of the situation that he's currently in. But as I mean, we all know on this podcast, talent greater than science situation. I mean, you bank on good players to be good and to elevate their offenses so, I mean, I think we would all pay a good premium for Drake London, uh, but I I think consensus-wise, I think that is something that you could definitely find the right team that needs someone to approach, or needs people to compete, and Drake London, they don't think he'll get the job done. Definitely try that out. Yeah, I mean, you you would have to ship digs to a competitor. I mean, Drake London, if he's on a competitor, and this guy's like a wide receiver away, you could go. I mean, I think that, honestly, if you look at it, like I know, just in our league, Nick sees a competitor. Peter's not going to ship digs to Nick C because they're. Yeah. I don't really know what Peter's doing, but but, but there's a lot could, of time left, Max. You're you're gotta, crazy. It, it's it's January twenty fifth, Peter. I know. All I'm saying <laughs> is you got a bunch of old guys. What I, was I know before I know. you cut me off again. This is getting ridiculous out here. Is that I think digs for like a guy like Ayuk in a second could get done. I really do. Really, I wouldn't I mean, do it for that. I mean, that's nothing. You'd have to Ayuk see Ayuk first. I think you'd have to see his landing spot for that one first, like to get me to accept that one. But if you can acquire that, I mean, if you can acquire digs for that, I probably would acquire for that. But twenty four first round picks, twenty twenty four first round picks. What do you think is a good price for digs? Actually, what would what would be 
give me like how many picks you would need in 2024 and where they're at in 2024. I what would need, you be looking to accept? I need two mid. That's okay. crazy. Two he's, mid or one that's almost guaranteed to be top four. He's 29. He'll be I don't 20. care. He's got like three straight seasons as a top 10 wide receiver. Stallion's not going anywhere. I Thank mean, you. Why isn't – I think he's you're valuing him more than Devontae, and I think that's crazy. I mean – I am valuing think him about more where, than Devontae. He's got Josh Allen. I mean, how old is Devontae? Is he going to be 31 this season, or is he 31? Like, he's in his 30s. He just like, turned 30. I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams, but he's, like, a step below. Like, I think, yeah, I would definitely try to get two mid-24 second-round picks, but I think if you could get a hold of – a mid-24 mid second, or I mean, yeah, sorry, two 24 first-round picks, mid-first-round picks. Like five and seven. Five and seven, it would be a done deal if I could get that in 2024. That's crazy. I Peter, I wish that – I hope I, I hope you could find that because I wouldn't pay – I'd pay a first and maybe a second, a late second. Really? You I mean, are, I, listen, who do you think's coming out of the draft, Jesus Christ? I don't care. I'd pay a mid – Peter, I'd pay a mid first and a mid second. I think is fair value. He's I feel like Diggs has got. I'm, he's got I feel like he's probably got years, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, it's not like he's out there pulling his hammy, you know, spraining his ankle every year like Hopkins. Hopkins yeah. is on one leg out there, and he's gone to a new team at this point. Like the situation's only like no one's going to go in there and demand more targets than him. But I think the lowest I would sell is a mid twenty twenty four first round pick a back in 2024 first round pick and if i could get a 25 second thrown on top like that would be i would try to get that and then you could take off the second round pick if you're bickering too much but the, the 2024 class is loaded up that's where i would be attacking if i was selling stuff on digs all right let's keep moving forward we talked about love instantly huh if you could get two first for digs i don't care if it's 111 and 112 i'd sell them instantly you're you're a clown uh let's keep going Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. The Cowboys lose in heartbreaking fashion. Zeke Elliott ran over like a bull in a China shop. Um, we, we talked winning? about this game a lot, but something I wanted to talk about is Tony Pollard's outlook for next year, given the fact that he sustained that injury with his leg, broke his femur. Personally, I'll jump in. I think you get let the value get as low as it possibly can be and then go acquire him when he's worth a second or two second round picks. He'll bounce back. He'll be 27, 28. He'll be one of those guys that people have given up on just because he's a running back that's older who's going to pop off. He's going to have like Cordero Patterson uh, type value. I mean, Zeke Elliott now type value. And I, I think he's someone when the price gets as low as it can possibly be, I'm sending out my second and third round picks and I'm going to get him uh, as a competitor to load up as a depth piece for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we, like Jay said, you got to let the price get lower. He's going to have to have surgery. People are going to be scared by that. If they don't franchise tag him and he goes somewhere, I don't know. It's a risky game though. It's like if you buy him and he goes somewhere and it's like a terrible situation where he's splitting work, He's 25. Like, I don't know. How much can you pay for that? I mean, I think I don't about think like get more than two years. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. But like running back position, depth wise, second round picks, like sure. think of your Raheem Mostert's, your Jeff Wilson's, like the, the guys that have come through the 49er system. Um, 
I'm struggling to think, you know, Cordero Patterson. I'm trying to think of other, you know, vet running backs that end up producing. They're cheap. We don't even think about them. They're not worth anything. Sometimes they're on the waiver wire in your dynasty leagues. Like, I don't think that's going to end up being Tony Pollard, but I think his price could approach that level. And it's something I'm going to buy in on because he's going to need some time to let that injury heal up, but he is so wicked explosive. Doesn't have any tread on the tires because he's been behind Zeke Elliott his whole career. If he separates and gets a fresh situation, he will emerge because he's, he's just too talented and one-off injuries like this, although it's surgery, it just doesn't scare me away. We're watching dudes come back from Achilles tears left and right with cam Akers and uh our, our boy in carolina deonta foreman so modern science is beautiful all right let's wrap this segment up we're gonna do redrafting the 2022 nfl rookie class right now basically for all the people at home we have the first round so it's pick one all the way through 12 the way that's going to work out here is super producer nick c is going to pick the order. So let's hypothetically say it's me, Jason, and Max. So that would be pick one, two, and three, me, Jace, Max. And then pick four would go back to Max, just like a snake draft. And we'll go all through all 12 picks. Super producer, give me an order. I'm going to go reverse order of what you just said. Max, Jace, Peter. Max, Jace, Peter, Max, you're sitting at 101. The heavy favorite this past season was Brees Hall. But there's arguments to be made for other guys given Brees Hall's injury. Let's hear it. I, I didn't want pick one. I didn't know who I would go here. I was thinking, I was like, oh. oh, oh. But I think I'm going to go with not Brees Hall. I think the ACL scares me. He looked great in those games he did. I really think I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. I just think that wide receivers, Jace, Jace got me on this train a long time ago. They last longer. If he could get Rodgers, sure. I mean, there are so many options. I could have went Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, Olave, Drake London. I mean, very talented class. I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. He produced with, like we said, Mike White and Joe Flacco. Get this guy a quarterback, and he's a top five dynasty wide receiver. I'm locking in G-Dub. Yeah, that's that's who I would have done at uh, at 101 and a season an off season ago. It would have been Traylon Burks for me, but uh, that's not even who I'm going to go with at 102. This is a tough decision. And I think this kind of depends on where you're at. Um, you know, actually, I don't even know it. If you have a foundational wide receiver, my pick would be Brees Hall. But if I'm starting from scratch, I'm going to start this thing off with Chris Olave at 102. Um, this is a guy that. I was not in on, I mean, the dude was a senior coming out of college, got outproduced um, by multiple guys, one being Jackson Smith Najigba, never put up a thousand yards in college. Jackson Smith Najigba was a freshman when he outproduced uh, senior Chris Olave, just thought it was really concerning, thought he was going to be a better college player than pro player, but the advanced metrics that he puts up, the target share paired with the A dot. Uh, the target volume paired with the A dot. He's a true elite foundational piece. Might be kind of DJ Moorish over the next few years as he kind of figures out the QB situation. But I mean, if if someone lands in New Orleans, that is, I mean, if it's Jameis Winston next season, I think this dude could put if up. If it's Derek Carr 50. next season, if it's Derek Carr, if it's Derek Carr, I mean, I could realistically see top twelve in PPR. I mean. 
uh, like that being his true ceiling, but top 15, I think I would lock in a bet that he would be top 15 with a guy like Derek Carr. Yeah. I want to talk about Olave really quick. We've talked about Garrett Wilson earlier in the episode, so we don't have to touch too much on that, but uh, looking at Olave, we always talk about technical route runners on this podcast and that, that is so insanely important in determining value. Like DJ Moore is a technical route runner, no matter where he is, where he goes, he's going to be able to find some kind of value. He will never bottom out for your team. Like a guy like Mike Williams can, right? Like if Mike Williams didn't have Justin Herbert, he would be a zero. True or false? That is true. That is true. And I'm a big Mike will guy. So especially in these rookie drafts, it's so important to find technical route runners. When I watched Chris Olave run routes, I saw just a smaller Michael Thomas, right? But what he's got is he's got those burners, man. So I love the pick here. I think he's for DJ my, Moore with burners, honestly. I, I think that's why DJ Moore didn't get picked in the first round and Chris Olave did. For me personally on this pick, I, I'm very conflicted. Because on one hand, I want to grab Jamison Williams, who was my number one wide receiver coming out of this past draft with the ACL injury, given in like taking into effect. But this season, they did not use him as much as I would like to. They were just being very cautious, rushing him back. So I'm going to take the guy who's coming off the ACL tear that I saw do it in the bigs. His name's Brees Hall for the New York Jets. Brees Hall, those six games and change were incredible. They were completely explosive. He was one play away in all of those games, which was something that I really haven't seen from a running back since that rookie season that Saquon had. I feel like Brees Hall was on track to have that, you know, RB one, two, or three season, just like Saquon had his rookie season. The ACL tear is concerning. Don't get me wrong. It's 100% concerning. But we've seen players come back, not this season, but the following season, from ACL tears. When Brees Hall comes back that following season, I believe he's only going to be 23 years old. He's going to be 23 or 24 years old, still super young for a running back behind a bolstered Jets offensive line with an answer at quarterback that's going to be able to throw and run and mix the game up. I like Brees Hall here. Running backs are not only hot commodities, but they're just impossible to find sooner or later. Once one's on the market, on the open market, a lot of these offers come flooding in even after ACL tears. I think he will be fine. Obviously, his value might not stick here at 103 after this season, this upcoming season, because he might be a little slow to come back. But if we revisit this draft three or four years from now, I think Brees Hall will stay in this 101, 102, 103 range. I, I think that's the right pick. And like I said, I was debating on him at 102. I think the thing about Brees Hall is think about Javonta Williams and how he was people's I mean was a top four five dynasty asset for a lot of people and then he had his ACL tear and it feels like everyone's forgotten about Javonta Williams Brees Hall only played a few games until he tore his ACL Javonta Williams who played a full season you know sharing work with Melvin Gordon Brees Hall popped onto the field his rookie season, we were scared he was going to split snaps with Michael Carter, completely took over a backfield, tore his ACL, and we still hold him in such high regard. So the fact that he's a step up from Javonta Williams, I think, speaks to his dynasty value. And if someone offered me Brees Hall plus 
a 2025 second round pick don't even care where it's at and a in 207 in this year's draft for my jonathan taylor i'm doing the deal i, I see their value extremely similar You're doing the dirty i'm doing the dirty i see them as almost lockstep even i mean i think maybe jt might be a peg above just from what he's shown us already i think breeze hall on a week-to-week basis will win you just as many weeks as jt will I think something two seconds before we move on to my next pick, Brees Hall had so many explosive runs. He wasn't a guy that would run for like three, like, like Henry for the most part, like his whole career, Mm -hmm. obviously he's had some explosive moments, but it's like a three run, three yard run, four yard run, four yard run, three yard run, four yard run with Brees Hall. It was runs. that was like six yards, 25 yards, six yards, two yards, two yards, eight yards, two yards. Right. 25 yards like he would break off huge chunks constantly and he had that boom side uh that your team could possibly need in a week-on-week basis let's see if the speed is there after his acl tear speaking about acl tears on the flip side as we reverse this draft order at 104 i'm going to take jameson williams wide receiver detroit lions at 104 i just looked in our mike vrabel league uh, our most competitive uh dynasty league that we're part of he also went 104 in that league as well. So he has maintained his value for me personally year over year. Some people could argue that they would want uh, Drake London, given the season that he had, uh, or Traylon Burks. But I still like Jameson Williams. He was the number one talent coming out of this draft. It sucks that he tore his ACL. They were just being very cautious of him. We saw the Devonta Smith effect happen this year with him and A.J. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown has had a great season. So maybe this is going to free up Jamison Williams for when he comes back to be a true burner in Detroit. I'll leave it to the guys from here. I love that you're still on the train, Peter. I really do. I think that he is. He true, is true. Very, very talented player. I think once they get those play calls designed for him, he's going to be electric. I'm, uh, I'm trying to make a trade for him right now as we speak. So it should be fun. Very interesting. I'm back up on the block. JMO goes ahead of me. I'm feeling real good. Not a huge JMO guy. I'm taking Drake London at this next spot. Do put up a 25% target share this season as a rookie. I get it. Kyle Pitts was out for a good portion of the season, but the fact that he showed us that he can be an alpha and down the stretch, putting up monster games with Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter. Did you hear that right? Desmond Ritter. You know, I wish we would have seen more, I, for the, especially from the rushing side of things. But the dude provided for Drake London. Drake London produced great deep ball guy, showed that he can be a technical route runner. Uh, I mean, I really think I think Drake London's going to be awesome. I think they just got to figure out that offense, get a quarterback there, um, get new personnel in there, kind of change. You know, we've seen Arthur Smith be run heavy the entire time he's been, been in the league, but I think he's – He's a smart guy, and I think he's going to realize that they're going to have to start airing it out. He's going to have to change philosophy if he's going to win. So I think Drake London goes along with that, and it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years who's the true one in that offense, Kyle Pitts or Drake London. Either way, I think they're, they're going to be able to coexist um, somewhere down the road. It just might be a while away, but that's why he's fallen this far to me. All right, Maxie, 106. Crazy, man. I was thinking about taking this guy that I'm about to take a 106 at 101, um, to be honest. Uh, it's Kenneth Walker from the Seattle Seahawks. He had a really, really solid year. I mean, it was a slow start, yes. But what he was able to do in the back half 
I mean, he put up over 100 yards the last three games of the season straight, was getting the work to 26 carries, 23 carries, 29 carries. Um, didn't find the end zone in any of, those, any of those games or it would have been a completely different kind of season for him, I feel like. But he put up over 105, basically six times. He had 97 yards and he also had 88 yards. He didn't play the first four games. He figured it out. I think Seattle has a top five pick, if I'm not mistaken. I don't see them going quarterback. I don't. I think they bolster up the offensive line, maybe the defensive line. But if that's the case in the offensive line, Kenneth Walker to the moon, baby. Yeah, I, I think people are infatuated with Kenneth Walker. I've never been a big Kenneth Walker guy. I don't think he's shown that he can be a big part in the passing game. I think he's shown glimpses when it's like been absolutely dire need, but I don't think that that is something that they're actively implementing into the offense as him in the passing game. So that's always kind of been my biggest hesitation for him. Um, but I, you know, I've been dead wrong on him this season was producing for us in redraft and for those going for it in their dynasty leagues. Um, he, and he's very highly coveted listening to that CBS fancy football today podcast. A lot of those guys have him in the top eight or so running backs. So heading into the next season for redraft. And I think that speaks volumes for his value. So he slipped in our draft, but I think he's probably a top four pick amongst other people. Yeah. I think we're very wide receiver heavy. We really are. We're very wide receiver heavy on this podcast. Certainly, Anyone um, that's been playing dynasty for a year, less than a year, two years. I, I think Kenneth Walker is a top three pick in his draft. Honestly, with it's just, you people that have grown up playing fantasy running backs have always been king. And I think as we're figuring out NFL teams are figuring out wide receivers are just a safer yeah. investment with your rookie picks, especially in dynasty and in, in redraft, go get the guys. If you want to go trade Certainly. for a big name running back, go get them. It's going to be worth it. But in dynasty, uh, I was having a conversation with, uh, with Max about maybe two or three weeks ago. And we, we realized, you know, over the last, let's say like a year and a half, there's been like five or six, different players that have been the quote unquote RB one right in dynasty, right. just because of injuries, situations, offensive lines. Right. But with wide receivers, it's just been Jefferson or chase. And that's just been the question for two years now. Right. And we know the next three, four, five, six under them. Like it's also been relatively the same guys, of course, until new rookies come in. But I feel like even at the running back position, it's faster. Like it's, Brees Hall ascended quick and he only played a you know short amount of games. Yeah. So let's talk really quick about Kenneth Walker. I wanted to uh, mention this one thing, Jace, you were talking about the passing pie. This is something that is very uh, weird that I, I noticed Seattle when they faced elite level defenses, elite, elite, elite level defenses. So here this season, they only faced two of them. Uh, they faced San Francisco and Tampa Bay. They faced San Francisco twice the first time he only had three targets, right? That, that they played San Francisco. The second time they played San Francisco, he had five targets for four receptions, 32 yards, which is a nice sprinkle. It's a nice additional on your week, right? Then on top of that, when they played Tampa, he had eight targets, six receptions. So I think he is more of a safe play. This is for any owner of him. He's more safe than you'd think against great defenses, bad defensive matchups, because it looks like the way that offensive coordinator works things, instead of trying to force the ball down their throat, they're going to run design screens and outlet passes to the running backs. 
it is his rookie season. And I was talking earlier about how people count out people getting better from year to year. Actually, no, this was pre-podcast talking about Christian Watson with Nick C. People get out on people, you know, especially nowadays where we're ready for these rookies to come in and produce. We're ready for Justin Jefferson's and Jamar Chase's. And we've been spoiled with these prospects, but some dudes take a while to develop. And Josh Jacobs is the perfect example. Someone who came out of college, balled out. We didn't see the receiving game. And now, you know, three years later, he's 24 years old. And we're seeing the ascension of Josh Jacobs in the passing game. So this could very well happen for Kenneth Walker. But as we know, it's just the value of these running backs fluctuate so much year to year and by the time they get to 24 25 years old we're already wary of the cliff whereas wide receivers were like oh here comes the prime here comes the prime like it's just a it's a very different beast um but one thing i'll throw out there if i could throw my kenneth walker for jk dobbins plus anything close to a first round pick or multiple second round picks or added value on top. I'm doing that all day long. Just throwing that out there. Oh, that makes me feel gross inside. I don't, I don't like JK Dobbins. <laughs> really you don't be, we will see in a year's time. Right. That's the fun part about it. That's why we play. We like to see values change, rise and fall mm-hmm. um, here. I'm honestly kind of torn between two picks. I think I'll for the sake of the pod, I will let Jace talk about Traylon. So I'm going to pass on Traylon Burks. I'm going to go with George Pickens. I think that after they traded Claypool there, obviously he got more looks. He got that practice time with uh, Kenny Pickett in the practice squad before Kenny Pickett got moved up. But I don't know. I really believe in George Pickens and the talent. And I feel like if Kenny Pickett can take that step, George Pickens will take that step with him. So, And Mike Tomlin's not going to let his quarterback just be average. He's just not. Mike Tomlin is an amazing, amazing head coach. So I'm going to go George Pickens. Maybe the picks Traylon Burks, but I just haven't seen enough of Traylon, and there's more question marks surrounding Traylon there. I would disagree, but I'm a big Traylon guy. If he's going to fall to me, then I'll, I'll do some talking about him. George Pickens, I think he's a hell of a talent. I think he's much more of a number two than number one as long as Deontay Johnson's there. If they have a quarterback that can support two weapons, I'm in on George Pickens. I think he could be two steps above what we want a Mike Williams to be what we want. I think he could find himself in T Higgins territory, honestly, with as much talent he, as he has, but until the quarterback situation is figured out, I'm just not there. Uh, and over Traylon, Traylon, he's just going to be the number one in his offense, you know? So if they're both going to have bad quarterbacks, I'll take the one over the two. Yeah. I look at um, George Pickens and he did put up a good season. He kind of shut me up. Uh, he didn't kind of shut me up. He shut me up. Definitely. I wasn't a big fan of his, but I can admit when I was, when I'm wrong, George Pickens is going to be a good asset to have, not a great asset. He's returned basically half of his value more than, sorry, 1.5 times his value. He was taken in our league at 112. I know a lot of leagues, he even slipped into the second round. Uh, and then we're moving him now up to 107. I'm back up. I'm going to go Traylon Burks, if we'll keep this thing moving. I I think there's a lot, you know, Traylon Burks left a lot to be desired, but he was a raw prospect coming out. I mean, at Arkansas, he was not the most polished route runner, but he was a freak athlete at a huge size. I mean, 6'4", 
200 whatever i mean this dude's a freak of nature i mean he's a he's a crazy stupid athlete he looked like debo samuel in college and i that's how he got used in college they put him everywhere just gave him the ball and said be better than everyone else and he was so i think he's going to take a lot of coaching to get to where i want him to be but it's something i'm willing to bank on i think he couldn't have landed in a better spot with mike rabel uh, a guy who's gonna teach these guys grit and grind and how to keep their head down and work and not celebrate and not get too far down. I, I think he's in a perfect, perfect situation. They traded AJ Brown away to get him the investments there. He's a long-term asset for me. And the fact that his value has dropped as much as it, ha- it has, especially with some of the flashes that we saw towards the end of the season with him making big plays down the field and getting involved um, in different aspects of the short game, uh, catch and run game. I think top 15 over the next three seasons i would bank he would make his way into the top 15 somewhere over the next three seasons i think he can really do that i would agree with that jb i think that if he can get a quarterback like Derek Carr, i don't know if you mentioned that or mm-hmm. whoever he could get at quarterback i mean i don't think Tannehill is the answer i think with Tannehill, if he's still the quarterback i'd put him outside the top 30 honestly i just don't think that yes he's talented but that's a run first offense um when they have Derek until it's Henry. not until it's, it's not. not you never know so so much can change so quickly i think the quarterback play the offensive style the scheme derrick henry um, but if you have derrick henry you're going to run the football you're not going to waste them so that uh, is true uh, uh, yeah i mean definitely a longer term asset to hold on to but i think george pickens is as well i think pickens has made the splashier plays and that's why people you know, or getting hyped on him. But if I had George Pickens and I could go get me a Traylon Burks and throw Traylon as, you know, my wide receiver five, six, I'm doing that all day long. I just think the the draft capital and the at the type of athlete that he is at his at his size is it's pretty incredible and something that I'm willing to invest in. A lot of upside. All right. Let's keep moving forward. I want to talk about this guy, and I cannot believe he fell. I probably would have taken him at 107 over Pickens. I'd still take him over Burks. I have been infatuated with this guy for about a year now, pause. But he had a great senior bowl. He was absolutely incredible this season. I don't want to hear the Rodgers haters. Oh, it was all Aaron Rodgers, blah, 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 blah. Christian Watson had a great, great, great season. At the start of the year, so weeks one, two weeks, I'd say nine, he was not looking too hot. And I said, you know what? You win some, you lose some. And then I remembered, it's almost like these guys are rookies in the NFL and they're not supposed to make immediate impacts on their franchises and change, you know, the trajectory of the world. Over the next five weeks, he put up 30, 20, 20, 22, sorry, 30, 20, 20, 23, uh, he had a bye and then put up seven. Didn't finish the season as strong as I would have liked, but then again, the Packers didn't finish the season as strong as anybody would have liked. I look at Christian Watson, and he not only has the size and the speed, he has good enough route running. He's good enough route running where I think he will still be fantasy viable with uh, Jordan Love at quarterback. I think that he can bloom and blossom into an elite I won't say top 12 wide receiver. I'll hold my tongue there. I think he can bloom and blossom into a top half of the wide receiver twos. So top, what is that? 18, top 18 receiver in the next, 
you know, three seasons after that, if anybody's projecting a player out more than three seasons away, they're probably lying to your face. Nobody knows what the outlook of any player is three seasons away. So I think that, I think there's a chance that he can go crazy high. There's a chance he could plummet after three seasons, but I think he has a ceiling of top 18 over the next couple of years, even with Jordan love. I agree. I think showed us that he can make big plays, be explosive, demand targets at times, raw prospect. There's a reason he was at the school he was at for sure. But the dude six, five runs a sub four, four, 40 crazy vertical freak athlete and gave us flashes. You know, he didn't go out there and Justin Ross or anything like that. Like he, I mean, he was a legitimate playmaker for them. So uh, he's very much in the trail and Burks camp. I mean, um, you know, talking about three years from now, we definitely can't tell you what's going to happen from three years from now. Like you said, that would, that's just fool's gold, but we can bet on talent over the next three seasons. And he's, 100%. he is, you know, hoping that talent will, will emerge. That's why we still value DJ Moore so high. That's why there's he's still gifted, high hopes man. for the Kadarius Tony. There's, you know, like we bet on talent and guys finding a way into he's work got- eventually. I'm going to bet on that all day. I mean, I think the value that he's getting at in our draft and other people's draft eat it up all day, because if this dude did get a quarterback, if the Packers, if Jordan love was serviceable, turned into a Jimmy G, one of these guys that can support weapons and maybe not be elite himself, this dude's going to, he's going to win you weeks and top 18 is definitely within the realm of possibilities, Peter. All right. Next up, I'm going to take a chance. Usually not my, preferred thing to do i'm going to take a chance on a running back i personally if i had to if i was a betting man i would think that he's not going to be an elite elite back in this league a top 12 upside back but there's still a chance that this can happen damian pierce had a great season before he got injured i think that when i look at this draft it can't just be wide receivers top to bottom with a running back or two sprinkled in damian pierce put up a great 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 season before he got hurt and by the way, to return value in our rookie draft, he went 206, which is a very early rookie draft for anybody out there. Uh, it's after directly after the draft, like let's say like three or four weeks directly after the draft. So he went 206, and then we uh, are placing him here at 110. So great return. I do think that there are 100% concerns. Are there more safe options here? 100% as well, but I'm going to take him at 110. I think that's interesting. I think that there's a better running back on the board, in my personal opinion. Rashad White? Yes, 100%. I think that Damian Pierce, just given the situation, given the Texans offense, I'm staying away from him, man. There wasn't draft capital there. I mean, I get Rashad White was still a third-round pick. I've heard rumblings that the Bucks are going to cut Lenny and let him just go somewhere else, and Rashad White could be that guy. If that's the case, I think that's makes Rashad White even a better pick there, you know? Okay. Jace? I think Rashad White and Damian Pierce are – I would rather have Damian Pierce. I think Rashad White's just a guy. Um, I think Damian Pierce is also just a guy, but I think he's a better guy than Rashad White, and I just – He opens the car door for uh, his date. He's a better guy. (laughs) He is. He's just a better guy, and – I'm not interested in either of these guys. And I think Damian Pierce, because of what he did, could probably fetch a higher price. Um, and he'd be someone I'd be looking to move off of. I, I just, I don't know. Starting the to Buc- get into the yucky territory of the draft. It, it really, really, really is. And After I just, Christian Watson, it's just downhill. 
I think what it really comes down to is I think the Bucks are on their way down to the garbage dump. And I think the Texans are in the garbage dump, but finding their way out a little bit. And I'd rather have the running back on the team that has the arrow pointing up, even if it's just a little bit, but pointing up. And then the Buccaneers who have theirs pointing straight down if Tom leaves. I'm back up and we are really diving through the garbage right now. I mean, I think there's a receiver here that I wouldn't mind taking. Dotson, is that who you're uh, referring to, Jahan Dotson? It is. There's also another receiver who I don't mind as well, but. Yeah, I think I, I think we're on the same page. Are you talking about Sky Moore right there? No. Oh, who are you talking about? Romeo Dubs. Yeah. Also, inter- I he's very jaggy to me as well. I think Watson. She is, the but we're we're in the jag territory of the draft. We are, and I I think Dotson's a step above the Jags. I think he's a talented guy, but it, he's unfortunately blocked by Terry McLaurin. I think the quarterback Curtis situation. Samuel. And I mean, Curtis Samuel, I think Curtis Samuel's the number three is weird as it looked at the beginning of the season. And hey, that made me very happy. Always been a big Curtis Samuel guy, still holding out hope. There's a reason he's on my dynasty roster and not dropped or sold for a third round pick. But I think Dotson's the number two there. And it's very, very dependent on if they can get a guy that can actually support two weapons on a consistent basis, if he can return a decent amount of value. But otherwise, I think he can kind of find his way into like that small tier above like a a Tyler Boyd kind of guy that's just more often than not going to be on your bench maybe fill in week to week when the things are right but I'll go with Dotson he got the first round draft capital he's shown us everything that it's talent over situation kind of thing so I'll take him here um, and be pretty happy with it yeah that's who I was hoping would fall but I think Dotson is he's honestly pretty good he scored a lot of touchdowns I do think they get a quarterback's Terry is still that guy that's going to be the number one there. But Dotson, I think, does ascend into the number two wide receiver. So I like the pick, JB. I'm trying to think of like a good comp for him, number two wise. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions because like I don't see like Mike Will or like, you know, Cortland Sutton. Like I, I see like almost like Jarvis Landry that scores touchdown. Like I just see him as a sure handed kind of chain mover on a team like a Hunter Renfro in his peak almost maybe. I, I think I think Renfro's his peak, like Edelman Renfro territory. Yeah. Slot. He does go deep quite a bit. Like that's what I also struggle with. Like he does run deep routes down the field for a shorter guy. So he's just kind of like a, you know, like maybe if Jalen Rager panned out, like what 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 he would be. <laughs> so, Max. 112. 112. I'm going with my guy. I would have taken him, like I said, at 110. I'm going with Rashad White. I think that he's the pick at running back. Lenny's going to leave. Rashad White looked good. It does scare me that Brady could leave and that this team could just be complete garbo. But I do think that they go out. They could kick the tires on JMO, famous Jameis. I think that they could go for Jimmy G. He's kind of just like Brady, you know, kind of replacing there. So I'm not too worried, but I think Rashad White is very talented. I'm surprised Jace didn't take him from Arizona State. So I'm going to go with him. Very, very interesting pick. I just I just don't see long-term value with him. I feel like we thought Lenny like ran slow, ran fat. Um, you know, I just I, I didn't see much of a difference between him and Rashad White. Like maybe a little bit more explosion, but the underlying stats 
said that they're pretty similar guys. So I don't know. They're, those are guys I'm definitely trying to work off of for that 2024 second round pick kind of stuff. Um, you know, if you could get someone to buy into the back of the first, like where we're at right now, by all means, but these are second round pick kind of guys for me. Yeah. I have nothing else to add about Rashad white. Look, if he gets the workload there, maybe he can be like a Devonta Foreman, but I doubt he's going to get a full workload down there. They're going to get a new offensive coordinator. So maybe you can sell offensive coordinator buzz. If you're an owner of him, maybe that's the right window. But outside of that, I don't think he's going to present too much value for your team but this is again the point in the draft where the picks just kind of stink so yeah wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end next week we're going to be doing a little bit of a super bowl preview getting ready for the big game uh and breaking down the nfc and afc conference championships we're also going to be continuing to promote our jalen hurts signed jersey giveaway max how can people get extra entries to that again listen to the last episode Listen to this episode if you're listening all the way to the end and you DM us on Twitter. You know, I'm going to give you two extra entries if you DM us the code Waffle House because that's where I'll be. Um, you DM us that, you'll get two extra entries. And you could follow us and retweet us, you get one entry. Or you could give us a review, you get 10 entries. Or you could download Underdog. Have a fun time, win some money, and get 20 entries. There's so many ways, man. It's it's free. It's free. Do it. Have fun with it. So many ways to enter. Uh, and we've had happy winners uh, before. We've given away a signed Tyreek, jersey, Tyreek Hill jersey when he was back on the Chiefs. This was still when he was on the Chiefs. Uh, we've done a Jalen Waddle and a Javonta Williams jerseys, all signed, all from our friends at Pristine Auction. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy to enter. It should be the pinned tweet. Again, all you have to do is retweet to enter or follow any of those other methods Max just listed out. Wanted to thank Super Producer Nixie and Jace for doing a great job with the Twitter, keeping everybody interested. Want to thank you all for making it to the end again, and we will see you next week. And I don't mean to give anybody some scaries, but there's only three games of football left in the season. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens. <laughs>